You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace, world, and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie. Your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? So, uh, anything interesting happened today? Um, I, I farted at work. Uh, today's uh, Friday, July 22nd. Uh, uh, as we record this, uh, big, I mean, oh, yeah, there's a heat wave that's uh, approaching. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be 100 degrees tomorrow. So, uh, wear sunscreen. Wear deodorant, and, too. Friends, it's please. incredibly important. Please, I'm going to a convention tomorrow. Uh, please wear deodorant. It's uh, horrific, guys. Wear deodorant. Hoagie Fest should only stay at Wawa. Yo, cuz. Yo, yo. <laughs> I mean, I love to engage with fans and hug them and stuff like that and show my appreciation. Wear some deodorant. I, uh... When we took the, uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> when we took the kids to uh, the event in Pittsburgh uh, last year, we took them to the. Like, it was it was like the first live event they did after the you know quote unquote after the pandemic. And there was someone behind me that smelled like feet, like it was bad feet, like someone had like, taken the smell, encapsulated it, and put it into a bag of popcorn that they burnt. And we were the only <laughs> ones masked in the stadium. It felt like so I could still smell this human being's unwashed feet through the mask and uh i just don't want to be cl- that close to the unwashed masses anymore you know like it's just it doesn't seem yeah. doesn't seem thrilling to me um but also by the way the big news we're here to talk about tonight is blue yes. meanie's twitter account no i'm just kidding but it is part of the story uh nah. vince mcmahon has yeah. officially retired breaking news to yeah. the meanie desk here vincent kennedy mcmahon has stepped down as chairman and CEO of our World Wrestling Federation. Um, never thought I would see the day, talk about it often, imagining a world without Vince at the helm of the WWE. Blue Meanie, let's just start at the top. What are your thoughts, man? What's on your mind about Vince McMahon's retirement? Oh, I would say, uh, you know, with this heat wave, it would have been nice to uh, have hell freeze over and get a little, little chill in here. Right, but uh, dude, the day I never thought would see has come. You know, um, you know the the rumor. You know, everybody said you know Vince will die in gorilla position, uh, because you know he's a workaholic. He outworks everybody, but um, it's 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 insane. And well, here's the weird thing, right? Has anybody like really noticed that he's been there, kind of thing? Because he's he, he he's never really on camera. Never really, t- you know, people rarely talk about him. You know, recently they've been talking about him with uh, stuff that's still under investigation, which I'm not even going to touch right. until everything comes out. Let me. Because I, I, I don't, I don't give one opinion, go, well, this, that, and the other thing. And then something else goes, oh, by the way. And then, like, everything I just said is, like, fucking blown to bits, you know? So, well, I, right. And, I mean, we sh- we can acknowledge, too, the fact that, like, it takes a lot of guts to, to do what some of these folks did. And um, right. I'm not particularly comfortable or in a position to discuss those matters pending right. legal. I don't think we are really safe to do that either. Um, right. So, uh, I guess 
to sum it up for both of us and for Butts Carlton Media, you know, we are fully in support of, you know, women and, and, and we're deeply disturbed by those things. Um, but we're waiting to discuss that until, you know, legal things are done. But right. I think, I think, uh, I think it's weird that it took, like, Vince McMahon has basically, like, been Teflon for 30 years. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, it just is like, this is what officially changed the game for him. Um, and, you, you know, you talk about the things that you say on online. We can jump into that right now, too, because there's a lot of other things that are sort of happening in a peripheral manner, even right now as we're recording, you know, SmackDown. Um, you put up a really nice tweet about Vince McMahon. Love Vince or hate Vince. Vince took the industry to levels others had tried and de- tried to and failed. Vince McMahon and WWE allowed me an opportunity to support my family. I'm forever grateful. And I think that's a really solid way of encapsulating your thoughts on someone and a company who gave you an opportunity on the biggest stage in wrestling. Right. And now I'm watching these people fucking rip you apart on Twitter. And brother, I'm not okay with that, man. I'm not fucking okay with that. Well, here's the deal. Like, I'm not saying Vince McMahon's a a saint, right? He's not a saint. You know, uh, people in business do things that are, you know, questionable in any line of business to get ahead and make the most money. You know, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, watch shows like Billions. Watch, uh, I don't know, what's that HBO show uh, where the, the kids are trying to take over from the father? Um, mm. Pod Squad, help us out. It's called Secession. That's it. Yeah. Dude, watch any documentary about any fucking business. Right. He's probably done some shit that, you know, it's questionable because it's business. But, hey, you know what? You know, it's like I've had jobs in my life. I've had good jobs, bad jobs. You know, I've had good bosses, bad bosses. I worked for Vince. I had good times, bad times, you know, there. Uh, Do I think some things were different? Sure. But, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, he allowed me to make really good money over a course of time where I got to take care of those who took care of me. Uh, you know, uh, you know, people say, you know, you know, wrestlers say, Oh, well, I paid, I paid my dues. Well, you know, families pay dues as well. And through working for WWE, you know, the last two years of my grandmom's life were probably the best two I could give her, you know, for everything she gave me. And, and still that wasn't enough for everything she did for me, you know? You know, I got to take care of my mom. I got to do all these other things and through things like royalties and DVDs and all this other stuff, I got to live a pretty good life, you know, and I'm still living a decent life off some stuff. I haven't, you know, I worked for WWE in 98 to 2000, you know, and I'm still, you know, I went back and did, you know, the DVDs and stuff like that, like uh, ECW on release volume three. I got to do some cool shit, you know, and put food on the table because of WWE. Now that said, you know, uh, every, you know, things he's being accused of now, which I'm not going to talk about, you know, that that's something to be seen about, but like, he's done plenty of stuff like underhanded shit, you know, whether it's, you know, stuff with the, you know, the, you know, could cost WCW some things or, you know, any other wrestling company. Put it this way, he tried he he succeeded at, at stuff that everybody else tried and failed. Every wrestling promotion had the opportunity to do what Vince did. AWA had a, a weekly television spot on ESPN. You know, uh World Class Championship Wrestling was on ESPN. You know, uh they were syndicated. They 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 were your TV was shown all over the world. Uh USWA, a bunch of promotions had national TV. There, a bunch of promotions, a couple promotions were on the SPN Global Wrestling Federation. ESPN. Everybody had the chance to do what Vince McMahon ultimately did, and they failed. 
So Vince is going to be the ultimate heel, you know, say Vince had failed and, you know, the Crockett's had, you know, prevailed. Right. With the Crockett, the, the villains, you know, when. What if Ted Turner won the war? Ted Turner won the war. Maybe he would have been the bad guy. Who knows? But uh, there's no arguing with his track record of success in business. You know, it helps being third generation. You know, his grandfather was a box promoter. His dad was a boxing and wrestling promoter. He was strictly wrestling. But, uh, you know, there's no arguing with his success. He made a lot of people a lot of money. And I'll say, I don't care. I have no problem saying without WWE, the wrestling business, whether you want to call it sports entertainment or pro wrestling, wouldn't be where it is now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Vince and his vision to make it more entertainment, opening it up to other avenues of entertainment to where it became more accepted. It became less carny, even though there's, did he do some carny things? I'm, I'm sure he did. But like, as far as, you know, being open about being a work and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, you know, it, it just, it's just made the wrestling business that much more bigger. When people go, oh, you're, you're, I like wrestling, they always say that WWE thing. Right. They don't mention any other fucking promotion. You know, it, all, my whole life, you know, oh, I like wrestling. Oh, that Vince McMahon stuff. Oh, that WWE thing. So it's synonymous. A, it's synonymous yeah. with the brand. It's just, it's, it, or it's synonymous in the way that like, Coca-Cola is synonymous with soda or Google right. is anonymous with the internet. That's just, that's just how it is. It's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. There, you know, Vince McMahon is, you know, the second greatest promoter next to what PT Barnum. Yeah. You know, and, uh, stuff like that. But you know, Hey, look, I could work there for two years. I had a great time. I had some bad times, but you know, that doesn't make me hate wrestling. That doesn't make me hate WWE. That doesn't, because I had a few bad times, doesn't mean I should hate the good times I had there too. So I made a lot of friends. There's a lot of people who work there who still enjoy working there. Uh, there's, you know, people who still work there that, you know, or there's people who used to work there that are, you know, wishing him well, you know? Right. I, I got, you know, the difference between me and some of the people replying my tweets is I actually had personal interaction with Vince. I got to, meet Vince, you know, as far as back as 2015, you know, when I stopped by SmackDown, they were in Philly and with that led to me, you know, getting on the DVD and all that stuff. But, you know, I had like a quick couple minute chat with Vince and he's always good to me, you know, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's funny people cause you know, Vince is always like, you know, been said to be a body guy. And uh, I'm, I'm blanking on my friend, my buddy's name, who was a writer there. Uh, anyway, I was talking to one of the writers, and uh, he's like, yeah, man, I had a, a really good chat with Vince today about you. And he's like, you know, me, he's a good guy. It's just, we, we just got to try to figure out something to do with him, you know, and stuff like that. And hear conversations like that and stuff like that where – Vince, who's like this, supposed to be like this evil guy, you know, here I'm this fat asthmatic kid from Atlantic City who uh, isn't, like, you know, Joe Sixpack or Joe uh, Joey Abs here, you know. Uh, but you, you made know, a, you made a name for yourself. I'm not Atlas, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, he gave me an opportunity. He, he hired me. He gave me, he paid me very well. And, you know, uh, it is what it is. So, you know, people are going to get mad uh, who have no idea. People like to speak. It's it's like um, whatever controversy you see online and people want to be involved with the conversation to, to say that thing or to get whatever the thing to get likes or retweets or, or follows. But whatever they say has written strips of ignorance and what they, they don't know what they're talking about, about a business they've never been in and don't have experience. And it's just like, 
whatever. I uh, <laughs> talking, talking in a circle here, but no, no, and I, 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 I'm really biting my tongue right now because this isn't my platform. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't this is our show, but it's it's also the Blue Meanie show, right? And I have really strong opinions about these kinds of things because I find a lot of this stuff to be disingenuous when it comes to this kind of thing. I don't see anything problematic with your tweet. I don't see anything that is inappropriate or in any way validating any kind of alleged behavior from Vince McMahon or anyone. I think you're just giving props to the guy who gave you a fucking job who helped you and allowed you to have a, 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 you know, like a a chance at a, at a wild life. I mean, like, you know, ECW, you're always going to be an ECW original. You're always going to have that, that designator, but you also are among an elite group of people who work for WWE. And during their hot period of time, right? I can't think of any wrestling fan that I've ever met who hasn't, that I've talked to. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do a couple of wrestling podcasts. I do one with the blue meanie and I get the same reaction every time. Holy shit. The blue meanie. That's awesome. That, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just who you are. And, and some of, and, and a lot of that has to do with you and your gimmick and your ability to connect with the crowd as the blue meanie. And some of that has to do with the fact that Vince McMahon allowed you to get a platform that you may not have had anywhere else. And there's people don't people are disingenuous on social media. Like I, I constantly talk about this in, in my personal life. It's like I don't give a shit how many followers I have on Twitter. I don't care if I have a blue check mark next to my name. Do you know how cool my life is? Like I have a wonderful life outside of social media. This is like it, 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 if this disappeared, if social media and Twitter blew up tomorrow, if Elon Musk bought it tomorrow and it fucking shut down, nobody would like it, it, not, what would change. You would have to actually talk to people. Right. I'd have to text you instead of hitting you up on Twitter. Okay, next. But like, it's it's so frustrating to see the fact that like people are just they feel they purposefully act and they're purposefully misleading about the things that they say, and that no one has the ability to to understand nuance or or context or uh, the ability to walk and chew gum at the same time. So when I saw that tweet that you sent today, and then I saw yeah. all these fucking people jumping on you, it's like. Where is the ability to critically engage with this, what he's saying right now? Yes, we can say that Vince McMahon probably and definitely verifiably has done some really kind of terrible shit, but also say that Blue Meanie is grateful for him having given him the opportunity to do a job. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to pontificate on on our show, but I, I frustrated me so much to the point because it's just it's not it's not reality. Right, like you, right. you shared this really nice tweet, expressing Mick Foley did the same thing, Eric Bischoff did the same thing. There's lots they're of, oh yeah, they're catching all kinds of shit too. And it's like, guys, it's just the outrage, the the pretend outrage here has to has and to stop. Yeah. Right, and it, it's it's you're right. It's for likes. It's for it's for clout. It's for the ability to get you know aggregation on their 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 site. It's it's just it's like knock it the fuck off. Right. Uh, my boy, uh, the the writer, I, I blanked on it. My boy, Tommy Blotcha, who... Uh, That's it. Yeah, Tommy Blotcha was writer for WWE. And, he, you know, the one day we were... Ta- I think it was the same day I filmed my uh, awful uh, Titantron video. Uh, but uh, he was like, yeah, Vince said, you know... He pulled me aside. Vince had some really nice things to say about you. Just trying to figure out, you know, what to do with you, you know, kind of thing. And that was that was very... He didn't have to do that. Right. And uh, stuff like that. But seriously, if you're, if you're mad about Vince and everything Vince has done, do me a favor, delete every piece of music off your hard drive. Yes. Uh, yes. I was just going to get into throw, that. Go ahead. Throw out every movie you've ever watched, uh, DVD, Blu-ray, hard drive, throw out every comic book, whatever, because chances are, people who helped produce that or somebody in that chain of command has done some really fucking awful shit to uh, make sure, you know, protect their company or or just being, being a general scumbag. We talked (laughs) music pretty much all of last episode. Do you know how many of your favorite songs? And I'm looking at all of you right now. Do you know how many of your favorite pop songs were written by R Kelly? Jimmy, the songs do you listen to on the radio right now? I hope you're listening to this. Do you know how many of your songs on the radio right now? 
were written by R. Kelly. R. Kelly is a convicted rapist. But I bet you're humming that tune when it comes on, when the Fiesta remix comes on. You know all the words to it. So if oh, you're going to... How about, how about every sporting event? Da, 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 da. Hey, da, da, da. Gary Glitter. He's, a, he's a, in prison for child rape. But everybody, you know, claps along, sings along, and... Yeah. You know. It's, so. it's, it's, it is... It's selective outrage. I'm not defending Gary Glitter. No, and I'm not defending R. Kelly either, but we're going to get spun like that because that's what happens in these fucking, these circular echo chambers, right? No one is here defending Gary Glitter. No one is here defending R. Kelly. There was discourse last week about Chris Benoit or two weeks ago about Chris Benoit. Uh, Paul Heyman's caught shit for talking about Chris Benoit and his technical abilities. Like, there are ways to have conversations about things that separates the vile acts that this person did and something that they contributed to society. There are ways to do it. And anybody that says that there's not, I'm sorry, you're, you're being completely disingenuous. You are. And you're lying to yourself. Hey, what Chris Benoit did was fucking horrible. It was horrific. I I hope there's a spot in hell for him. Absolutely. But, But it would be ignorant of me not to say that, circumstances probably connected to his style of wrestling led to the deterioration of his brain, which caused him to, you know, take different routes home from the airport because he thought people were following him and this, that, and the other thing doesn't excuse what he did. No, there's, there's no, there's no black or white answer for anything. There's, there's gray and it's, it's difficult to, explain or understand right you know uh it's you know you go back to the days of saying you know satanic panic yeah you know you know people there's a killer on the loose and they go out and they grab whoever's wearing the heavy metal t-shirt and the long hair right that that's the kill you know you know the the uh the witch trials you know just gonna bring that up salem witch trials the same thing yeah witch trials Let's be clear, but, too. I mean, like, and before you keep going, just I want to make sure we, we really emphasize this about the Benoit thing because I, I don't want to get caught into a, a, a viral tweet. Um, you know, Paul Heyman put it best. You know, three right. people in that house died. Three people died in that house that night, and only one of them had a choice. So, like, to be clear, fuck Chris Benoit. Right. But that doesn't take away from the fact, and Paul Heyman has said this, and... Every one of your favorites has said this as well. That doesn't take away from the fact that he was probably top five of the most technical, the best technical wrestlers of all time. And you can yeah. acknowledge that while also acknowledge that he is, should be burning in hell, the seventh layer of hell, in the ice with Judas. That's a good, uh, that's a good reference there, Dante's Inferno. Um, right? That's the book, Dante's Inferno? Did I fuck that up? Probably. You, you would know better than me. I, I think it I is. I'm not sure I went to college for five years and I don't remember shit. Um, but I, you're right. Like there's no, we keep, it's the same thing. Like there's no place for nuance in 240 characters. There's no place for nuance in the McDonald's mania world. Everybody wants everything right away. And there's, you know, everybody's got to be clowned on and jumped on. And it's like it's a microwave mentality. That's what I was looking for. And it's, 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 it's frustrating because there are ways to have conversations about these things without being selectively outraged about things. And it's not to say that some things aren't important to be outraged about, but it's also like this guy gave me a job. Like he helped me yeah. provide for my family. And the reason why you, the reason why you can hate my tweet is because he gave me a good life. And that's why you're yeah. listening. That's part of the reason why you're listening to us talk right now. Yeah. But I'll also go on to the Benoit thing. I was friends with Nancy and I'm still friends with his son, David. You know, that's still with us. Right. You know? um, Nancy, Ben, Nancy, I kill, I still call her Nancy Sullivan because that's always how I, how I knew her. But dude, my first day on the job in ECW, you know, I had to paint my face. And I forgot a mirror and she painted my blue mini eyes on for me. Wow. And then uh, just uh, I happened to, quote, unquote, forget my mirror again and go, oh, hey, Nancy, I, I forgot my mirror. Can you paint my eyes again? And <laughs> like her last her, her last run in ECW, she was like kind of like my makeup artist, you know, the, awesome. the, the dude 
glasses. That's awesome. Yeah. She was awesome to me. Um, somebody would some, say something funny. She would laugh. I would laugh. And then she would laugh at my laugh because I have one of those fucking dude. If you want to hear me laugh, watch me watch the Dallas Cowboys lose a fucking game. And <laughs> I am like Robert De Niro in Cape fear in the movie theater. <laughs> People love to watch me watch the Dallas Cowboys lose, but that, that was like Nancy would hear me laugh and then watch me laugh and then laugh at my laugh at something, you know, whatever she was. She's a darling friend. Uh, she's a dear friend. Uh, and that's why it was so hard to believe that. Like when it first happened, I was like, there's no way I was like, all three of them are dead. First thing that came to my mind. Oh, there must've been a carbon monoxide leak in the house and killed them all before. Like the details came out. Right. Right. Because naturally, that's where you would go. You're like, oh, my God, all three of them are dead. Like, that's, it's horrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody could have thought that. But, you know, like I said, fuck him. I hope he's in hell. Yeah. But I can can clearly see how he might have spiraled out of control. Mostly, A, brain damage. And C, well, no, number one overall. You know, yeah, the brain damage. The, the death of Eddie Guerrero. Right. Sent him down that that path, in my opinion. I don't think it helped at all. I think it exacerbated whatever, like. I think, I think Eddie helped keep them grounded. Also, and a lot of people don't notice, Johnny Grunge was close with the Benoits. Interesting. Yeah, he was a neighbor. So, like, if there's any thing, he came over and he was like the peacekeeper. Like, come on, guys, you know. Oh, Rocco. You know, Johnny Grunge would come over and just be like, hey, B, what are these guys fighting about? And just like they would laugh and be like, okay, you know, he passed away before all this happened too. So, you know, Chris dealing with Eddie and his, Johnny, his brains, Eddie, Johnny passing away in, you know, you know, that, and, and again, still doesn't excuse it. Right. But, Let's be clear, guys. Don't fucking cut this up on Twitter and act like we're defending this fucking guy because that's what y'all are about to do. (laughs) Fuck, man. No, I know we went down a uh, a side road here with the Benoit. Dude, you know, business people, when it comes to money, people are willing to do, you know, things to step on a few toes and, you know, up the way on the la- on uh, on the way up to the ladder, you know. There's so many stories about like Vince, you know, sabotaging other shows and running head to head, or you know, most recently uh, I was just listening to one of Conrad's podcasts where they you know talked about you know uh, Vince went head to head with Starcade, yeah, and he told the cable companies you cover. Yeah, he started the Survivor Series and he told them you're gonna give all your coverage to survivor series. And if you don't, I'll take away WrestleMania. Wow. And all the cable companies know WrestleMania was one of the top pay-per-views of the year for them. That was their, their they knew where their bread was butter with WrestleMania and totally fucked over to Crockett's with Starcade that year, you know, because wow. they were both, they, they would both run on Thanksgiving. It was, it was, they were both before survivor series. Starcade was the Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah. And then Survivor Series came along and that became the new Thanksgiving tradition. And now they're both, you know, they, then they eventually both moved to Sundays anyway. But, you know, he would do stuff like that. But, you know, people in business do shit, you know, yeah, you know, to get ahead. It's competition. It's, you know? it's, um, I'm Hence not. The money right. With, I'm, uh, yeah. You sometimes in business and it's unfortunate, but. That's the way that the business world works. And if he was going to be successful, that was the only way for him to really, you know, again, we can, we can litigate his decisions and his choices. You know, I know the big thing is always, there's always something. Um, but I, it's, it's, we have to also acknowledge the fact that a lot of the things that we enjoy about professional wrestling, sports, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, came from at least in part by something Vince McMahon did. Or an entity right. that Vince McMahon had a hand on. You know, I'm not talking about anything like Crockett or Dusty Rhodes or any of those, you know, the original, you know, WCW items. But a lot of what we enjoy now and what we look back fondly on was a product of Vince McMahon. 
And I right. think I think it would be again to use my word of the day, disingenuous to act right. as if that wasn't true. Um, but I I am I was very surprised. I know Josh, friend of the show, Josh Chernoff and Real Dad. Uh, also, by the way, I meant to mention this. Jack Gray in the chat box says Josh is correct. That comes from Dante's Inferno, and uh, hashtag fake Josh here. Hashtag you're not my real dad. Um, we're still waiting for dad to come home from a cigarette trip. It's been about six months now. So whenever you're ready to come home, dad. Um, no, but I, uh, I, I never thought when Josh said that over my, my jaw just dropped. I was like, holy shit. Are you kidding? Like I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I, and I said previously with, you know, this being a publicly traded company, you know, I, I as full disclosure, I work for a publicly traded company, um, in my shoot job. Right. And, I know how these things work in the, that world. If the CEO of the company inside of a publicly traded company does stuff like this, there's going to be repercussions. If news like this comes out, there's going to be repercussions. So initially I was like, there's no fucking way he's surviving this. There's not a chance. This isn't the 90s. It's not the early 2000s. Um, right. I was just surprised that it, that it came up uh, the way that it did. But I want to, before we transition to the next part of this topic here, I would really enjoy hearing your Vince McMahon impression about JBL one more time. <laughs> about? Meaning? You have my word. Um, if John does anything out of line, trust me, he will be, you will be fired. <laughs> but uh, I do that around the house. I go, meaning? You have my word. And court's like, what the fuck are you doing? Hey, talk to meaning. He'll tell you. Meaning, you have my word. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat for like a minute. So here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Uh, Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon are going to bring in The Rock and a bunch of investors to take WWE private again and make it its own separate entity. That way they don't have to deal with investors and board meetings and all that kind of stuff. So you heard it here first. I completely Agree with you on that. Let's have a fart celebration. I can't remember what regular air smells like. It's the shits. I agree with you. Me and you were having this. I was saying this all to you and uh, Josh off air, but I totally see it happening. You know, when you see shows like Secession and all that shit. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to get into the other things, I think, but. But see, on out, it's. Yeah. It's very plausible. It's very plausible. There's a lot of things that we talked about, a lot of things that other people have mentioned that have some merit to it. Um, very plausible. Certain things might have happened to force. Right, right. Again, you have to remember, guys. You have to remember. I don't know. I'm just, and here I am talking about, you know, other people, you know, like, well, well, just from being, having worked there and know how the wrestling business is. You would be the you would be the authority here, though, between the two of us and anybody else on Twitter. You would know more than any of the rest of us. Knowledge and experience Knowledge. is you know, a better formed opinion. Knowledge uh, is power. Everybody can have an opinion, but knowledge and experience make for a better opinion. Are you listening, friends? That's exactly <sighs> right. And I, 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 but I don't necessarily disagree with that analysis, though. I don't disagree again because, like, you have to remember, like, if you don't work in 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 a court in the corporate world, if you never had a position in a corporate world, or if you've never been inside of that area, and you don't really know the metrics and the ins and outs of a publicly traded company, it's the same thing. You know, friend of the show, Eric Bischoff, talks about all the time. We've had these conversations before about the way that business works and the way that structure works, and why there's so many varying differences between what WWE does and AEW does. And why WWE is very unlikely to go back to the things that they did in the 90s and the early 2000s, even up until like what, 2008, 2009. It's because yeah. there are people that are investing their money into this company that don't want that shit. They don't want to see it. Well, and another thing that leads to my theory is the fact that they're going back to TV 14. Well, they're going to TV 14 from PG. Uh, let me correctly say that before somebody goes, oh, actually. Well, Blue uh, Meanie, um, I'll have you know that that's been an unconformed report. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's it on Raw? The Miz, you know, was talking about his balls. Yeah. Which, 
<laughs> last time I, I checked, I wasn't very PG. So, uh, you know, that, you know the, the fact they're going to TV 14, somehow Nikon and Steph and Triple H and Tra. and The Rock all get together with a bunch of investors to take the company back to private. Yeah. So yep. that's just my thought. That's my opinion. Doesn't mean it's fact. So have fun with that. Here's another thing that's been reported everywhere and I think is true. Brock Lesnar walked out of SmackDown tonight after the news broke on Vince McMahon. Inside baseball, we're talking while the show is airing. It's currently so airing. It's currently airing. So I don't know anything they've said like to address it before the show, even if they, you know, a lot, we have a lot of our pod squad members in the chat. Maybe they can smarten us up. Shout out to the pod squad here. Don't forget to join us. If you want to watch us record this and watch my angry face and watch me stoically stare at you while he scolds you because you fucking deserve it. Twitter friends, uh, go to patreoncom slash mind of the meaning right now. Sign up and become part of the pod squad. Watch us record this ad free and together with our beautiful faces. I am in the the entire SummerSlam card, if this is true, the entire SummerSlam main event that they've been building for a month now is completely up in the air, completely upended. And unless unless, unless Brock and Brock walking out is a work to get more intrigue into SummerSlam. Andy Schlichter asked this in the chat for the Ask Meanie for later, but it's it's relevant now. Uh, the rumor from Cultaholic, the exclusive from Cultaholic, I should probably give him this, is that Goldberg is being considered to be a replacement for Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Yeah. I don't know how quickly, I, and I love Bill Goldberg, he's a friend of my family, but I don't know how quickly they can build this story coming off of a, a Brock build. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, we're less than two weeks from it. Unless it's next, it's not this Sunday, it's next Sunday. Or next Saturday, right. rather. It's a week from yeah. tomorrow. I like, that. I like Saturday pay-per-views. Me too. Kids can yeah. stay up late and watch them, and, they, you know, it's way easier. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get uh, get drunk, get, we're going to get booked up, kids are going to be wasted. Um, oh, hold on, hold on. I, I think I got one. Yeah, boy, this is what you're paying for right here, friends. This could be a little risky, so hold on, let's see. I had some questionable <laughs> <laughs> you had some of that gas station sushi, didn't you? Oh, dude. <laughs> I took a shit. And then when I was done, I looked in the toilet in my, my work. And I said to myself, I don't remember eating sea monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why were there sea monkeys in there? Where did those come from? What is floating right now? It's disgusting. You can listen to us fart and see us actually fart into our microphones here. Patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Sign up today. Um, that was auto-tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Add it into the song. Shout out to Carl Pinnell. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. You should. You, I have to send that to you so you can go out. You can walk out. That was the best song Trent Reznor never wrote. <laughs> You got to use that as an entrance theme. Um, I uh, I don't know, man. I, I love Goldberg. I love the idea of Goldberg still in 2022. Um, there's ne- You'll never hear me say a negative thing about him. But my concern is that eight days from this pay-per-view, that one of the top four that the company does, Brock Lesnar being out, what do you do? Who else yeah. is there? Cody's out. Brock is Bray. out. Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, Bray Wyatt's gone. The ultimate break glass. Well, you know, this is a good chance for Bray to get fucking pay, some serious fucking pay. Uh yeah, he should come back and fucking renegotiate his uh, shit. If I was him, just a one time, one time fucking fee. Come back, go away, make a nice little bit of coin, have some intrigue. See how you feel about the situation. I would love to see a Fiend and Roman Reigns match. Like, yeah. imagine, like, if they did it in the way that the John Cena build happened at, at 36 and basically turned him against himself almost, made him doubt himself. 
That's yeah. the that's the beauty of that character, man, is the psychology behind him. Um, and also, too, it gives the opportunity for Jey Uso to finally make the turn, which I feel like needs to happen. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, what do you think? What, what, what do you think about Goldberg? What, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on that, that unconfirmed report? I mean, it would be the most logical. But again, you bring up the, the great point of we're, less, we're eight days away, as uh, Pod, Pod Squad member Vanessa Bella points out in the, uh, the chat here. Uh, we're eight days away from the pay-per-view. I'm sure, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm sure Goldberg's no fucking slouch. I don't think he's sitting around like I am, you know, you know, binge-watching shows and, you know, you know, scratching his nuts on the couch, you know, just... <laughs> I'm sure he's in the gym every single day. You know, he's not, he's not on the trampoline with weights. He's actually, you know, keeping in fine physical form. So, <laughs> who, who knows? You know, if... if you keep it, you know, to where, you know, the rust doesn't show. Right. Know? Right. Because he's you limited know, now. I mean, he's, you know, he, he'll acknowledge it. He's limited now. He's not. Yeah. He's, he's not a, what he used a, to. He's a realist. Right. Yeah. I still think he gets a lot, a lot more heat than, than he should. Like he gets a lot more of the blame than what happened at the super showdown with, with Undertaker. I think that was just a mess for everybody. Like, I think everybody made right. a, made some mistakes there, but. Um, right. you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I am at a loss for words. I think it's, I think it's just weird right now. And so much has happened. And I feel like in, in, in just six, seven months so far in wrestling. And there's a lots of, lots of other questions that people have like about the future of some of the people in the top, which I'll say that question for ask me. Um, and then my thoughts are like, okay, well, what happens if they finally go private again? And do they finally open the forbidden door? Do they finally have the crossovers now that Vince is gone? Man, yeah. what do you think about that? That's quite a possibility. They 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 could possibly start working with other companies and cross promote, you know, and which would be great. I mean, I hate this whole fucking forbidden door term because, dude, I remember watching AWA from Comiskey Park where they had an AWA title match. They had an NWA title match. You know, battle of the belts in Florida in the eighties. You know, every yeah. promotion's been a, a champion to wrestle. There's no forbidden forbidden door. You know, just uh, just, just you know, depends on when you want to cross promote and stuff like that. So, and what it means if you cross promote, it's got to mean something. Yeah, yeah. Who benefits and stuff like that? And, uh, you know, fucking. I'm I'm old enough. '84 to had you know Pressing USA, where every promotion was trying to get together to go against Vince. You know AWA, Memphis, and uh, I think the Crockets as well all tried to bandy together to go against Vince. Right. But the the problem with that is there's too many chiefs, too many too many chefs. Right. Too many chefs, and not enough. Uh, you know, I don't even know if I can. There's too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen and nobody can agree on something. And, you know, well, my promotion's got to be, you know, uh, you know, looked at better than your promotion and all that shit. And that's what led to it. That's that's the only problem with, like, cross-promotion. It's like somebody's, you know, somebody's going to think they're not getting, you know, uh, looked at predominantly enough. Right. So. And then also too, you have to worry about like the cha- if you do a champion versus champion for something like AEW versus WWE, who goes over? Yeah, who goes over? Um, I uh, oh shit, Vanessa just had something here. So we all know that Jeff Jarrett's going to be fighting Ric Flair as uh, Ric Flair's last opponent, which yes. I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. What if Ric Flair comes out to attack Jeff Jarrett at the SummerSlam tag team? match where Jeff Jarrett is the special guest referee. Could be interesting. But they're, um they're not running on the same day, are they? No, I think Flair's match is on Sunday. Because mm. that would be suicide to run head to head with SummerSlam. So uh is WWE willing to let the let them cross promote that? Uh Conrad's definitely WWE friendly. Right. You know, if you watch the, uh, you know, where 
people are, you know, trying to look, you know, the episode where they're looking for Flair's robe and Conrad just goes, yeah, I'll give you 60 grand. I'll put down 60 grand to help get it done, you know? So he, he's definitely WWE friendly. Would they allow him, uh, allow Flair to go in there to help promote the fight the next night? I would love to see it, but it depends on them. You know, I think right now they're worried about the Brock situation. Right. And also too, this just, everything just happened. Everything literally just happened. And, and there's been, they're they're starting to slowly welcome Flair back into the fold. Yep. With everything. Uh, he's, I think he's back in the opening and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, initially they just put his picture, I think is what it was. And then they put the woo sound back in. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I would, I could definitely see it happening. Um, I don't know for sure though, but again, like there's unconfirmed reports about Vince no longer being a part of creative. I haven't seen anything official on that. Um, lots of changes happening all at once. So I don't, I don't really know where to kind of like transition or pivot out of this, but, um, it's just, it's crazy, man. I never, never thought I would see the day. And, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. But I am. I'm also grateful for the contributions that Vince gave to my life. You know, that Vince's characters and Vince's ideas and the people that he worked with, you know, like that's why I'm sitting here having this conversation with you. You know, like I was one of the Hulkamaniacs in the the late 80s, early 90s. That was that was Vince and Hogan doing it. You know, like, I mean, it's how can you not be grateful for that? Everybody who hates Vince now still owes a debt of gratitude for him because without him. If WWE had died, because WWE could have easily died after WrestleMania 1. If, the, if WrestleMania had failed, the first WrestleMania failed, WWE would have been done. Yes. Yep. Where would have, where, where would have wrestling gone then? You know? So, even if you love him or hate him, you still have to acknowledge the fact that he kept pro wrestling in, a, in, in an acceptable form of entertainment, even though people still like the unoriginal fucks still like to go out oh, that fake stuff. Yeah. You know? Dude, here's a calendar for two, 2022. Yep. Yeah. Join the rest of us. You're welcome to join the rest of us in 2022. And I the same people. Oh, wrestling's fake. Okay. Throw out your fucking TV. Or the folks, the ones that make me even more angry is they're like, Oh my God, this is the worst episode and the most nonsensical shit I've ever seen and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, don't you think most of us are watching this because this is silly and goofy and and sometimes campy? Like, yeah. that's why we like enjoy a- that shit. This is why we enjoy this stuff, man. Do you know how much crap is going on in the world right now? It's escapism. Right. Right. It, it just, it's just... It, uh, I always say, you know, when wrestling is good, it's great. Right? Well, wrestling's like pizza. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, eh, it's still pizza. Right. You know? Eh, it's still wrestling. I even like bad wrestling. There's been plenty of bad wrestling, you know, and in my, since I've been watching since 82 and tape collecting and stuff like that, go out and go on YouTube and look up UWF blackjack brawl and have a, have a great old laugh. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite bad show, but you know, you know, he, you know, how many, you know, how many people can say they went out and put their own money into something that became, became a global Icon, a iconic brand. Right. Right. You know, it's crazy. So, it's crazy. Um, for, and I'll put, I'll put a little bow on this. Is it a blue bow? For, is it, is it for, the, blue? for those who understand no explain, no explanation is necessary for those who don't understand. No explanation will ever do. And we appreciate you tuning in to our conversation on Vince McMahon. Lots of people tuned in to the Van Halen episode as well with the Van Halen. Yeah, uh, I got a little love for that from uh, Greg Renoff, yeah. who, uh, who wrote uh, Van Halen Rising, which is probably one of my favorite Van Halen books. It was, uh, it was a great conversation. Like we said, we, I, I always love the opportunity to, to really deep dive into music with Meanie, any chance we get. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if, uh, if we get the chance to do that again, we'll definitely share the clips. But lots of great responses on that. Uh, learned yeah. a lot of shit and it was cool to get, you know, at least a little bit of acknowledgement um, from someone we talked about. So it was a lot of fun, but you know what else is, is fun. Blue meaning. What's that, sir? A specific question. Are you ready to ask me any? 
I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meaning using the hashtag AskMeanie, and we may ask them on the show. I'm going to go to the pod squad here first. Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meaning. Vanessa Bella wants to know, is Kevin Dunn now less protected as the head of production in WWE? Oh, I'm sure that's the next shoe to drop. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you think that's, that? Yeah. Well, the, the, well, the, the, uh, the story that's bandied, been bandied about over the years is that, you know, you know, Kevin Dunn's father used to work for Vince Sr. And he would do the bicycle loops with all the tapes. Doing the bicycle loops means you take the tape to a TV station. They play it. He drives to the next town with the same tape, takes it to that station, they play it, so on, so forth, and all that stuff. Well, uh, Kevin Dunn's father got into, like, a car accident, a car caught on fire, and he went into a burning car to save the tape to make sure the tape still aired. So, you know, Kevin Dunn says, please, you know, know, hey, take it, you know, whatever you do, you know, as a sign of gratitude, please take care of my son. He's just coming out of college, and... That's where Kevin Dunn, you know, basically got his start, you know, recommendation, recommendation from Vince senior or something like that. that. That's the story. And, you know, it's, you know, Kevin's basically been there as, you know, uh, you know, uh, a partner of Vince McMahon. Vince is done, no pun intended. And uh, there's people waiting in the wings to probably take over that Kevin Dunn role. Um, most, uh, likely he'll be replaced by Marty Miller mm. who, uh, works behind the scenes. Now Marty used to be a cameraman exclusively, uh, Philly guy he used to do camera work for Philly's games, uh, Philly guy. Uh, but like he's worked his way up the ranks and deserve, deservedly. So hard worker, uh, if Kevin Dunn leaves, which, I'm I'm guessing he will. I can't guarantee it, but I would not be surprised if you know Kevin's the next shoe to drop. Marty Miller will be his replacement. Andy Schlichter wants to know thoughts on the Eagles' black helmets. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, the reason why I dig, I dig it is because uh, I went down to the Eagles Pro Shop uh, to get a jersey, and they had some there, and I was like, man, that's and they're only doing it for this season because uh, then they're they're definitely going to bring have a se- not this season but the following season they're going to bring back the Kelly Green uniforms mm. as an alternative. But they said to do the mass production of that takes like a year, you know, between making them for the teams and making them mass produced for the fans to buy. So you know, uh, the, if you if you want the Eagles Kelly Green jersey, you basically had to go to Mitchell and Ness you know, to get those, you know, done. So in the meantime, since they already do the all black uniforms, the blackout games, they're going to include a black helmet, which I'm all for. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see, you know, how it looks. I think it'd be great. Mark and Dryden wants to know, not sure if you two are thrash metal fans, but here we go. Out of Mm -hmm. these songs, which could be the earliest recorded thrash song? Stone Cold Crazy, Symptom of the Universe, He's a Woman, or Iron Maiden? Or is there a song I missed? Iron Maiden, or? I think the song Iron Maiden. Oh. Earliest Thrash. Yeah, I don't... I'm not sure. I was... uh, speaking of Thrash, well, they ain't really Thrash. I'm buddies with uh, Chris Caffrey. Mm. Chris Cafferty. Chris Cafferty from uh, Kiss Caffrey. Sorry, he was in a band called Sabotage, and he's in Trans Siberian Trans Siberian Orchestra, and he just post recently posted a photo from the recording they did because he plays guitar on the old Raw opening. Oh. That song together now. Yeah, that was basically the band Sabotage, which was uh, John Oliva and Chris Caffrey and. I think Scott Ian from Anthrax plays on that as well. There's a photo of them in the studio and Undertaker sitting there and Razor Ramones in there and stuff like that. So the the thought of metal and wrestling got in my head, so I had to bring up that. That was pretty cool. So 
Uh, I don't know. I, I'm familiar with Stone Cold Crazy. I, the other songs, I'm, I'm I, and I'm familiar with Iron Maiden, but I don't think Iron Maiden is really thrash. Yeah. I guess thrash. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure, man. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. Yeah, I, I'm one of those guys where I have to look up dates. Yeah, I got to actually like look at it. Yeah, I'm actually looking it up right now. I guess, I mean, Metallica and Slayer are considered thrash metal. Um, and uh, Slayer, Metallica, Anthrax. Oh, yeah. The- Here we go. Queen's Stone Cold Crazy was recorded in 1974. And apparently that is the song that is credited with influencing thrash musicians, as well as huh. Black Sabbath's Symptom of the Universe. Oh. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would say if this is if this is what it says, then I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, go with Queen on that one. Good question. Uh, I just am not well researched. Yeah, not the only thing I I think about. I guess Metallica when I think of of thrash. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Jack Gray wants to know what are your thoughts about the rumors of the Eagles looking at Baker Mayfield. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. I, I, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I, I haven't heard anything. Usually my usually my friend Lane Jaffe will send me a message and like, hey, this is going on, but I haven't. Well, Jalen Hurts is, to me, Jalen Hurts deserves a chance to work out this, you know, work out this year. Uh, for the, I'm sure the people who don't follow football in other countries are like, great. But, um, and people who hate the Eagles are like, great. But uh, here's the deal. Uh, Jalen Hurts, <clears throat> current quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, was given a crash course in the NFL in technically his first season, but it was basically the last four seasons of Carson Wentz's tenure. They benched Carson for Jalen. Let's see what this kid have. It was a COVID year. There was no, there was no preseason. There was no preseason games. There was no OTAs. It was just, here you go. Go play football. And he had a good showing for himself. Now, this past following season, he was a little bit better. Uh, this Jalen Hurts also, a little bit of uh, useless knowledge, he has not played in the same offensive system more more than one year since mm. his high school years, which his father was his coach. <clears throat> so this year, uh, I mean, his first year was – Doug Peterson this year is uh, Nick Sirianni. So technically this is his first second year in the same system, same coach, same offense, whatever, ever in the NFL. So he knows the system. He knows the, uh, the play calling. He's familiar with the, the uh, packages and stuff like that with the uh, personnel, so to speak. They went out of their way to go get, you know, his best buddy from uh, Tennessee, A.J. Brown, which they traded for on draft night. So mm. are they going to go get Baker Mayfield when they just got A.J. Brown, who basically came here to play with Jalen Hurts? Uh, I don't think so. And B, if, say, Jalen Hurts turns out to be a bust, they have two first-rounders in the, in the draft next year where they can either move up to get a quarterback or or trade away to try to get a quarterback that's already proven and established. So I haven't heard the Baker Mayfield thing. That might, there's a lot of things I'll go to Google and there's a lot of clickbait stuff of this theory and people read it. The theory as it's a actual rumor. It's right. just a theory. Um, right. I haven't heard that theory. So pulling up my last question here, Robert Kelly wants to know, if Meanie didn't get into wrestling, what would you have done? That's a great fucking question. Um, you know, I basically worked in the casinos to save up for, you know, uh, wrestling school. It's making decent money, putting away towards a 401k and all that stuff. I don't know if I would have stayed working in the casinos. But I did, you know, uh, I read in high school I, when I was reading – you know, interviews in the torch. There's an interview with Ted DiBiase saying, you know, telling people have a backup plan. Yeah. 
So it's like, okay. So one day they, uh, they had a career day at high school and I went to uh, a vocational school for graphic arts uh, where I learned how to design, uh, run a printing press, all that good stuff, run a dark room, do all this stuff. Most of which is basically useless now. But if I had gotten into that line of work, I'm sure I would have evolved into whatever they use now. Right. So this, what I'm kicking myself in the ass over is on the one side that, that, that two, that graphic arts, but there was two different things. And I did the part where, you know, people run the dark room, printing press, all that stuff across the hall. They were teaching silk screening, which dude, if I could have just learned that honestly and gotten into wrestling and I had, ways of making my own t-shirts, you know, print money, you know, Honestly. but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if I hadn't gotten into wrestling, it would either have been staying in working in the casinos, uh, or going into graphic arts. Well, I'm glad you went into wrestling because now we're sitting here talking about your yeah. wrestling career and everything else under the sun. And thank you for always answering these questions. And thank you to the pod squad for joining us. But more importantly, Blue Mini, where can they find you on social media? That is a great question, as many of the uh, great questions you've asked. Thank you, sir. Those but are the only kinds that I have. <laughs> if you would like to follow the Blue Mini on all forms of social media and rip me a new butthole, uh, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> you go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Mm, I'm not too sure on that, but I'm on there at Blue Meanie BWO. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Also go to uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mine of the Meanie, support Mine of the Meanie. Every dollar you spend there at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mine of the Meanie goes right back into the show and Helps keeps the lights on. Also, there's also Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Use promo code Meanie and save 10%. So uh, you can, uh, you know, Rod Hicks is doing a great job over there since the uh, relaunch, uh, putting out great designs and all that good stuff. And great quality, just like, you know, my boys at Pro Wrestling Tees. You have choices and both are great. But most importantly, if you want to, if you're a bearded fellow like myself, you want to look good, smell good, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself some of the blue spruce over there at madcatbeardcare.com. My boy Josh Thornton, say that real fast, Josh Thornton, not to be less confused with, confused with Les Thornton, uh, the British wrestler. Josh Thornton is doing a great job. All the proceeds at madcatbeardcare.com goes to take care of feral cats. He's doing uh, doing the work of uh, uh bubbles from uh trailer park boys where he loves the kitties so who's got your belly uh go to madcatbeard.com get the blue spruce if you want to also support the blue mini but make somebody's day go to cameo.com slash blue mini bwo for birthdays holidays and well wishes uh go to uh, cameo.com slash blue mini and uh blue mini bwo and uh i'll uh, try to make your day a little bit better but most importantly Mr. Bernard, where can we follow you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. Uh, you can also listen to my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net. I have a lot of great interviews and content coming up. Taking a little hiatus for right now through the summer, but we will be back shortly. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick up a shirt. Help keep the lights on in the Barnard home for wayward and troubled youth patreon.com slash mind of the meanie pick up and join us at the pod squad pod squad thank you so much for being here with us today we appreciate you and we appreciate you listening to us even though we kind of scolded you today thanks for sticking around on this ride for the blue meanie i'm adam bernard join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meanie peace This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie.
Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.